don't know who I'm going to dedicate this to. The grass off. You should mention that, the Mike, grass because this, maybe? the record starts off with a big uh, dedication. It does. Yeah. Big dedication section. Shoot, to all the girls. Yeah, you mind if I... I can't hear shit. Oh, here it goes. Yeah. Um, what should we talk about this? Should we talk about it to all the girls? Um, well, it is a special dedication. Beginning of the record. I gotta say, the music is nice. Very um, nice. It's, and it's also a very international selection, I feel. You know? And if, if I recall, what went on at the time is that we, I think we had been kicking around the idea for a while of doing some kind of dedication thing. And then I think we had told, we were talking about it when we were with the Dust Brothers. We were talking about it. And I think Matt Dyke said, oh, I got the perfect piece of music. You gotta, oh, you gotta stay on your toes if you're gonna be up on the beats. Yeah. You just gotta keep on looking, searching, seeking, finding, you know. Searching, seeking, finding. You know, you go, you scan the 29 bins, and if that doesn't work, you hit the 99 bins. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Don't let the bed bugs bite. And then, so like, you know, then we get Hurricane involved, you know, and then Hurricane will hear like the beat, and they'll take like this little part of the beat and say, let's use that. And then we'll go, and then we'll take this part, and then it'll go like, and then it'll go, Cannibals, and we'll see Shadrach, the latest from the Beastie Boys. World right after the break, it's Shadrach, the new animated video from the Beastie Boys. We're now here, this continues. First, let's take a look at Shadrach, the new video from the Beastie Boys, and our new breakthrough video. And when MTV comes across a video that is visually striking and pushes the boundaries of video making, we crown it a breakthrough video. A Shadrach is interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How are you recording it, Ian? Yeah. Um, you... There's this thing called Call Recorder. That's cool. Call Recorder. You can look it up on the interwebs. Hey! Nice, Lucinda. Oh! Hey, Mark. I do. Were you the very special guest? Yeah. Mark, Bobby, Bobby, guest. And I. Oh, wait. I need to get closer. Yeah. Look, 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 over here, you can't see him yet, but it's um, Davis and Skyler's daddy. Bobby. Hey, Adam. There's a dog in here. Bobby. She's stressed out. Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, we're torturing her. No, poor dog. <laughs> <laughs> You say hi to the doggy. So, what are we talking about? What is this about? <laughs> Hello. We're uh, we really got to in. in. We got to really smush in here. This is awkward. <laughs> yeah, why don't we put it further away from us? Oh yeah, that's a good idea. You don't have a fish eye for it? I don't. Yeah, have we need a wide angle. Yeah, why don't we get out of that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're not in there. Does that do anything? Actually, we could. We could put a little tape on it. All right, yeah, I was trying to get a wide angle attachment. All right. Well, I don't know if I want to start taping it on this computer. Oh, whoa. Well, I don't know. Did it work? Oh, it did help a lot, actually. Yeah, that actually worked. So, what we do is we put, like, uh, some cardboard. <laughs> 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 I want to even get some no, I don't want to put that on this computer. Mm. And, you know, at a specific time, you know, you do the job. Okay. 
And would you have to be on, on well, probably should sync. It should be probably we should synchronize on midnight Eastern. Yeah. And everybody worldwide. Interstate chug. Can do the interstate chug. Okay. All right. And I want people to do that responsibly. Well, good evening. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, tonight's music edition. I hate saying that, but, you know, out of respect for those who are like, well, it's not always movies you talk about. Well, music is cinematic, too, so fuck you. So, <laughs> 33 years ago, on July 25th, 1989, Beastie Boys put out Paul's Boutique. To all the girls, shake your rump. Johnny Ryle, Eggman, High Plains Drifter. Sounds of Silence. The three-minute rule. Hey, ladies, five-piece five chicken dinner. Looking down the barrel of a gun, one of my favorites. Car Thief, what go- comes around. Shadrach, oh, amazing. Ask for Janice. B-Boy, oh, jeez. How do you say that? Okay, there's 23 tracks on this album. This is really the Beastie Boys' masterpiece. Some, I mean, it's not some, everyone knows that. If you listen to the Beastie Boys, okay, it's their second album. It was right after License to Ill. So this is the follow-up album. And, you know, they had, they had left Def Jam. <sighs> it was on Capitol Records, produced by the Dust Brothers, who would go on to produce Beck. Many others. The album is composed entirely from samples and was recorded over two years at Mike, uh, Matt Dyke's apartment at the Record Planet in Los Angeles. And Paul's Boutique did not match the sales of the group's 1986 debut, License to Ill, and was promoted minimally by Capital. However, it became recognized as the group's groundbreaking achievement. With its innovative lyrical and sonic style, earning them a position as critical favorites within the hip-hop community, some have described as the Sgt. Pepper of hip-hop. Paul's Boutique has placed on several lists of the greatest albums of all time and is viewed by many critics as a landmark hip-hop album. This album is amazing. And at first, like, yeah, it was it was panned. But then over time... Uh, okay, here we go. So this is... <laughs> I think this is the shoutouts they were talking about in those videos. 15. B-Boy Billabays. Bill, B-Boy Billabays. Some releases. Okay, yeah, because it's, it's all these different moments. It's uh, 59 Christie Street. Get on the mic. Stop that train. A year and a day. Hello, Brooklyn. Dropping names. Lay it on me. Mike on the mic. A-Wall. Mm-hmm. What an what an amazing album. I mean, albums like this don't get the classic albums treatment. It should. It really should. Because you think of, of what it paved the way for in terms of the samples. And in terms of, you know, other other hip hop acts were doing their thing. And um, sorry for that moment of silence. That was for uh, Ad Rock, not Ad Rock. Um, Adam Yock, who I mean, oh, it's just sad. It's sad. He died about ten years ago. 
Um, the Beastie Boys are just, well, they were those amazing guys. I mean, and um, everyone that I've talked to, when we talk about Beastie Boys, we talk about Paul's Boutique. Paul's Boutique, from the album cover to the songs, and how... Here it is. A whole friend of ours in the neighborhood, and he's like, yo, I heard your record. You got two songs. And Mike's like, wait, no, there's probably like 16 songs on the record. Anyway, um, from scrappy hardcore punk band to hip-hop pioneers to one of the biggest rap groups of all time, the Beastie Boys have had quite the career. Their most definitive statement... Oh, God, it's, a, it's, a like, a, it's like one of those... No, we're not going there. We're not going there. Um... Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean to me? Well, it means a lot to me. It really does. <laughs> um, doing two things at once. I mean, I'd love to hear what Paul's Boutique means to all of you. <sighs> because that's what that's what it's about. It's about this album. Maybe I could play a little of it. Let's see. Here's some samples. We'll play it. We'll play a little bit. Okay, I was looking down the barrel of a gun. That's probably one of my favorites from Paul's Boutique. And uh, the Beastie Boys. The Beastie Boys were just amazing. So... I mean... I'm at a loss for words because this is this is such a great album. And yeah. For a time, you know, I, I didn't I didn't bother with Paul's boutique until someone told me. Someone told me about it. And I went, okay. Because you know everyone, oh hello nasty and license to ill. And um Oh, Oh, this is good. This is the BC's. I love. Okay, which song was a dud? <laughs> that, that's good. Okay. You know the BC boys. The BC boys were magical. They were truly magical. Oh, here they are. Boutique is totally different, right? Three years later, different sound, different feel. Was that in some ways, Adam, a, a reaction to License to Ill saying we're actually not those guys? Here's who we are. No, we just, um, after all the crazy stuff happened in Life is Ill and the tours and all of that stuff, we ended up just going to Los Angeles. And so it's just different there. And we met new people and made new friends and, and just new music. It was just different. 
Yeah. But it wasn't, a, I don't, you know, it wasn't a thing of like, we have to do every, you know, this thing that's different from that thing. It's just, you know, we all get interested in different things as we grow. Yeah, and I think the circumstances kind of worked out in our favor, right? Like we, we, I mean, we did make a decision to go out to Los Angeles, and then we had this whole falling out with Def Jam, who were here in New York, and then it was like, it was just then the three of us, it was like, what do we want to do now? And so, you know, Los Angeles is a good place to kind of reinvent stuff, or reinvent yourself. You know, so we got there and just, it was like, great, okay, we're from New York City, so to be in a place where the weather's always nice, and all of a sudden, instead of taking the subway, we're driving cars, and we're, you know, we're just making, hanging out all the time, making music. It was a pretty fun thing. That was Paul's boutique one you like to play when you go back to it? I mean, not all of it. You know, every record's well, got a dud. Comes around is every record song. has a dud. You can't, no one's going to say they don't have a dud on a record. Oh, uh, I don't, I, there's some groups that might feel like they don't have a dud. Well, they're, on they're an album, wrong. Man. Everybody has a dud. What's the dud? Few, few, very few that don't have duds. Uh, well, we would put what comes around in the dud. The dud on the album is like the song that you shouldn't have put on the album, but right. you still it put off. on the album. Right. And then some years go by and you're like, we didn't need to <laughs> you know, put we that on the album. That off. Do you know at the time it's a dud and you say, let's throw it on there? Or it happens later when you listen no, to it? No, that's the problem. At the time, you're like, oh, yeah, it's kind of hype. <laughs> I don't know. All my friends really like this song. And those are the two surviving Beastie Boys talking about their their opinion of the dead on the album. It's such a great album. Um, so... And also in inter tradition of BC Boys. Hmm. You know, it was Brooklyn. That's what it was. It was Brooklyn. Um I wanted to get into the reissue. Here we go. He's like, What? Who are they? Were they on the TV? <laughs> no. Did they have their own show in the seventies? How many no. did they have? None. <laughs> Do they know the Fonz? Uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know that Donny Osmond knows the Fonz, but I would think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They run in the same circles. I would definitely think the Fonz was on the Donny and Marie show. I would think it would be strange if he wasn't. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> anyway, all right. What other aspects of the hoopla? Ian, what are you most excited about, Ian, on the website front? Repeat the question and the answer. So the question was, what, am, what, what of the hoopla am I most excited about? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's cool that people can get, you know, this, this whole more than just the colored cassette that they could get once upon a time. You know, you can get an eight-foot poster is kind of crazy. The, uh, the, the I've been wanting to do that poster for so long, though. I've been trying, you know, I've been trying to get that one off the ground. Oh. Yeah, finally, a little jump. I mean, do you think anyone will actually, I mean, frame that? That seems a little big. Oh, Ian, Ian Spina, can we ask people to post, um, like, what are JPEGs or uh, pictures of the, the colored of, cassettes? Of their cassettes? Different colored cassettes? Because, I, like, I don't have any, but it would be cool. If you, could, you could ask post. them right now. Abby. Uh, people. Abby. Hey. Abby. 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 Do you have an owie? I have an owie. 
Yeah, you could ask them right now to post the post the photos right, of the people. People, please, if you could post, uh, like, just take a digital photo or JPEG or whatever. Their new record, Paul's Boutique, will definitely blow away any speculation or misconception about what this group can do. This is the sound of three guys working very hard, cramming each second with a new idea and a tough rhyme. The Beasties are going to be in your face this summer. Go! an MCA I mean that's briefly what I could play I'll probably get in trouble for it um I mean I wish there was more that I could play but like I said it's about what it means to you what Paul's Paul's Boutique is a classic it ranks number one basically I mean yes License to Ill is a classic but Paul's Boutique took everything that the beasties had ever done and ever did since after i mean it expanded and then of course you got check your head and you've got ill communication you got hello nasty and you got to the five boroughs and then you've got um hot sauce and the ill uh, committee and um the mix up uh the beastie boys were doing it they were doing it for a long time and visually i mean come on Come on. Um, on its initial release, Paul's Boutique was commercially unsuccessful. Fuck you. Because of its experimental and dense sampling and lyricism in contrast to the group's previous album, because people wanted a license sale too. It was a commercial disappointment, peaking at only twenty number 24. The album received a gold certification uh, of September of uh, release of its year and went on to sell 2 million copies by January of 1999. The album was re-released in a 20th anniversary package remastered in 24-bit audio and featuring a commentary track in January of 2009. Yep. The Legacy. Since Paul's Boutique was first released, its critical standing has improved significantly. NME critic Paul Moody found the album to still be an electrifying blast of cool. In a 1994 interview, viewing it as a younger incarnation of ill communication, Rob Chapman, writer for Mojo, inserted that the album shredded the rule book and called it one of the most innovative rap albums ever made. In a 2003 review for Rolling Stone, Rob Sheffield called it a celebration of American junk culture that is blowing minds today. Even 14 years of obsessive listening can exhaust all the musical and lyrical jokes crammed into Paul's boutique. In 2009 review, Mark Kemp of Rolling Stone called the album a hip-hop masterpiece. Nate Patron uh, of Pitchfork described it as a landmark in the art of sampling, a reinvention of a group that looked like it was headed for a gimmicky early dead end and a harbinger of the pop culture obsessions and referential touchstones that would come to define the ensuing decades postmortem identity. Musically, few hip hop records have ever been so rich. It's not just the 
recontextualizations of familiar music via samples. It's the flow of each song and the album as a whole, culminating in the widescreen suit that closes the record. Lyrically, the BCs have never been better, not just because their jokes are razor sharp, but because the con construct full-bodied narratives and invocative portraits of characters and places. Few pop records offer this much savor, and if Paul's Boutique only made a modest impact upon its initial release, over time its influence could be heard through pop rap, and yet not matter how influenced it was felt. It stands alone as a record of stunning vision, maturity, and accomplishment. In a Vibe interview of all the three Beastie Boys, Chuck D of Public Enemy was quoted as saying that the dirty secret among the black hip-hop community at the time of the release was that Paul's Boutique had the best beats. During the um, same Vibe interview, Mike D was asked about any possible hesitation he or the band might have had recording their overt sampling of several minutes of well-known BC Beatles background tracks, including the song The End on the Sounds of the Silence. He claimed that the Beatles filed preliminary legal papers, and his response was, what's cooler than getting sued by the Beatles? In the book For Whom the Cowboy Tolls, 25 Years of Paul's Boutique, host of KDOC's request video, Gia DeSantis, discussed the appeal of the album to the local markets and missed the opportunity by Capitol Records to take the album over the top. The book was a follow-up to 33 one and a third books, Paul's Boutique. List of the album's rankings and listings on selected publications as top album lists. Rate, ranked number five on Slants Magazine's Best Albums of the 1980s. Ranked 37 on Blender's 100 Greatest American Albums of All Time. Ranked number two on Ego Trip's Hip Hop's Greatest Albums by the Year, 1980 to 1998. Ranked 125 on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. Ranked 12 on Spin's 100 Greatest Albums, 1985 to 2005. Ranked 74 on VH1's Top 100 Albums. Ranked 98 on QQ Magazine's Reader's 100 Greatest Albums. Ranked number 3 on Pitchfork's 2002's Top 100 Albums of the 1980s. And number 15 at 2018, 200 and the 200 Best Albums of the 1980s. Selected as one of Rolling Stone's Essential 200 Rock Records. And selected as Time Magazine's 100 Greatest Albums of All Time. Based on its appearance and professional rankings and listings... The website acclaimed music Paul's Boutique as the fourth most acclaimed album of 1989, the 17th most acclaimed album of the 1980s, and the 90th most acclaimed album in the history. The album was also included in the book The 101 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. That's true. In 2003, music journalists Dan Leroy and Peter Relic revealed that they had uncovered and restored a tape that represented Beastie Boys' first recording session in delicious vinyl Consequently named Delicious Studios. The tape stu uh, includes demo versions of six tracks, five of which were produced and utilized in some form on Paul's Boutique. Most notably, the track Jerry Lewis was omitted. Mike D was presented with the restored version of this track in 2013. When asked if it deserved an official release, he said... Probably not this year. After widespread publication of the story, the Jerry Lewis has become a slightly sought-after lost track among dedicated fans. Oh my god, this album. It's a classic. It's a classic. I want to thank Mike... Well, first and foremost, give respect due to the Beastie Boys. 
and what they gave us in that, I mean, that 30-year career. Mike D, Mike D Diamond, Adam MCA Yak, rest in peace, Adam Adrock Horowitz, they were the Beastie Boys. For me, looking down the barrel of a gun, that video and the cinematic aspects of that song and Sound of Silence and Egg Eggman, High Plains Drifter. Eggman has a sample of the Jaws theme, so it's just amazing. So as always, Unpleasant Dreams, thank you for going down this rabbit hole with me. Go and listen to Paul's Boutique, Beastie Boys. Yeah.